welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hardunger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. Today's episode is no exception, although I think I'm going to get a little bit more into the planning adjacent as I usually do, but we will open up with a couple of bits of, I don't know, planner news, just things I wanted to share with you guys. So the first one is, I know a lot of people love the Hobonichi weekly layout and that it only comes in the cousin, which is A5. And I know it's very functional to me as well. However, not everybody loves the Hobonichi Tomo River paper. I've talked about it a lot. It's very thin. There is some show through, although not typically bleed through, more just some show through. And it, it plays really well with certain fountain pens. But if you're a gel pen user or you're a lefty, it might pose some issues. So I was really excited to see that there is an option called Hemlock and Oak. The other complaint that some people make about the Hobonichi Cousin Weekly Layout is that it only comes in the A5 Cousin book, which also contains a daily page for every day of the year. And I think that's a feature. I absolutely love that. But some people really don't like to plan daily or they'd prefer just a blank book so that they're not you know, specifically having a dated page for each day. So when I saw the video of Hemlock and Oak, I think I believe I saw it featured on Amanda's Favorites. I was like, wow, this planner's weekly layout looks so much like the Hobonichi Techo Cousin A5 weekly layout. So I highly recommend checking that out if you've been looking for a vertical weekly layout with different paper than Hobonichi Tomo River paper and without the daily pages because that planner has a little bit of goal setting, but it is a weekly, not a daily planner. And it does look like the paper is significantly thicker than that used in the Hobonichi products. And it does look like it's slightly cream colored, which is not everybody's favorite necessarily, but I think it looks so elegant with a very similar layout. Not exactly the same, so I don't feel like they, you know, copy directly or anything like that. But really, I was just impressed to see this as an option I hadn't noticed before. So that's Hemlock and Oak Planners. They're a Canada-based company, but with relatively affordable shipping to the U.S. And again, that gives you the vertical weekly layout similar to what's in the Hobonichi Cousin, but without the daily pages and without the very thin, slightly slippery Tomo River paper. Okay, that was number one. My second little mini announcement is that I was very excited to see that Full Focus put out a full-size 8.5 by 11-paged planner. They're calling it the Portfolio Planner. It's a bookbound planner, not spiral. And I have had several requests over the past few months for people who want a daily planner that is full-size page. However, I was a little bit sad when I went to go look at this planner online. I haven't seen one up close. I haven't held one, but looked at it online to see that they actually got rid of the two-page spread in this planner. So it means it's going to be a nice thin book. But it does mean that unlike the full focus planners in the other sizes, where you have a page on the left that has a lot of nuts and bolts about your day, your schedule, your top three, and on the right is completely blank. So you can use it for meeting notes, as I often do, or to track what podcasts you listen to, books you read, anything really. I love that combo of the blank page to the right of the more structured page. And you lose that in the portfolio planner. Even though you have a larger page, 
it's really not that much more space to write on. Some people might really like the layout. However, it kind of has two columns, one that's more of a timetable and one that could be more freeform. So I certainly think it looks like a really functional addition to their lineup, but I kind of wish they kept the blank page. Maybe they felt like it would make the book too heavy um, because, you know, the bigger the page, the heavier each paper you know, the heavier the book's going to be. So perhaps that came into consideration as they were creating the new design. And the third teaser I'll mention, although I'm going to go more into it in my next episode, is just that Moxie Life has been doing a very long and detailed launch. It's uh, very interesting. I wonder if this was by design because I've been hearing so much about it because it's like, now this is out. Now this is out. Now this is out. And Planners and Wine has done a wonderful job. That's a podcast I listen to that's really, really fun and well done about planners if you've never checked it out. They've done a really, really good job of covering this launch as it's come out. So I feel like I've been, you know, following along for quite some time. And uh, when this episode airs, the products will finally be available for purchase. I think they actually become available for purchase on Wednesday, November 17th. So they'll have been out for a few days. That is pretty tight. So the interesting thing about Moxie Life is I feel like they combine a lot of goal-setting elements that remind me of Cultivate What Matters, like really, really detailed goal-setting with a full-on daily planner. So if Cultivate and Erin Condren had a baby, it might look like a Moxie Life planner. I've never held one. I did uh, have the little, she also sells the goal-setting books, and I believe I reviewed those in a prior episode. But I do plan on ordering one of her, either her daily or her weekly planners just to review and perhaps give away because I am intrigued by them. But if you are looking for an all-in-one system, these books do not look compact. They look like big behemoths that are going to sit on your desk, but they do look really nicely made and well-designed. So if you're looking for goal setting and all the planning pages you could possibly want, that is an option that is now available for 2022. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to dive deep into a planning-adjacent topic that I have covered a bit in the past, but have done further reflection on. We'll be right back. Organization always gives you time. Brian Tracy said, a minute spent planning saves you 10 in execution. You already know this. That is why you follow Sarah and listen to the Best Laid Plans podcast. The Sunday Basket is a natural partner for your planning routine. The Sunday Basket contains and corrals all your ideas, paper notes, to-do lists, and mail safely until you're ready for your weekly planning time. The Sunday Basket system has been proven to save five hours each week once you establish a weekly habit, which usually takes four to six weeks. My name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm the founder and creator of The Sunday Basket and the 100-Day Home Organization Program. Sarah and I chatted in episode 33, and she's been sharing her Organize 365 journey with you here on Best Laid Plans. Organize 365 is proud to sponsor the Best Laid Plans podcast. You can find out more about The Sunday Basket on sundaybasket.com, or try our free seven-day mini course by going to organize365.com slash mini course. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit jennykane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. 
Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick, and what I'm hoping to wear all season, is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly, air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I am back and we are going to talk a little bit about social media and specifically for me, my, I guess, problem social media app of choice is Instagram. I have been on Instagram since around 2015, I believe. I'll have to scroll back and look, but I know my current almost eight-year-old was like a one-year-old when I joined. So it's been quite a while. I joined Facebook in 2005 and quit pretty much for good in 2016. I didn't actually leave Facebook, but I inactivated my account. And I've only activated it a couple times on very brief occasions when my dad actually tends to do these like charitable donation events in honor of his birthday. And he usually does them on Facebook. So I have to log in just so I can donate. And then I log out and I inactivate for the next couple years until he does one again. So I've been completely off of Facebook and I don't miss it at all. And I quit because it's so addictive for me. Specifically, I was in a couple of Facebook groups that were just like an addictive drug. I don't want to name a specific drug. That just sounds terrible. But they really, really just sucked me in and minutes would go by and I never felt good afterwards. And Instagram first 
didn't really feel that way, but I feel like it's kind of gotten to the same point. And I'm asking myself, well, you were able to quit then and you were so happy about it. Why haven't you left Instagram behind? And I think I'm kind of getting to that point. So I do track the time I spend on my phone. I don't always write it down because honestly, when I'm not doing very well, it's too demoralizing. So I don't consistently write it down every single day, but I do kind of pay attention. And my sweet spot is aiming for 100 minutes or less of screen time. As Apple measures that, I do use Apple products on the screen time app each day. And that is really challenging You know, if you do like a moderate amount of texting and you might use your email app or take some pictures or, you know, even have to check into work apps like our online Epic app, or maybe I'm doing Headspace, like all those things, they kind of add up very quickly. And so 100 minutes or less per day can be challenging. People always are asking about like specifics of this. Like if you play a podcast, does it count every minute? No, because as long as you hit the button that closes the screen, If you're playing music, that doesn't use up any screen times. So I don't really find that listening to podcasts does anything negative for me. So that's not something I'm trying to curtail or control. But actual staring at the screen is what I find problematic. And specifically apps that kind of suck you in and are an escape from the rest of life. And for me, again, the app that really leads to mindless scrolling far more than anything else available on my phone is Instagram. I have two Instagram accounts. I have a personal one. And I was just going to name what they are, but I feel like if I'm talking all about how I don't like the app and want to stop using it, probably not the time that I need to get followers, but whatever. It's the underscore shoebox for my personal account and it's shoebox underscore plans for my planner account. So I have kept them separate, which I think is good. However, I am just finding them less and less, I guess, useful for the rest of my life. I do have some follows that I enjoy. I like keeping up with certain personalities in the planner community, especially like Plan with Lar is one I really enjoy. Jen Plans, the ladies from Planners and Wine, both Meg and Myra, I really enjoy their content. I get to see when Amanda's favorites puts up a new Instagram live video, uh, or sorry, an Instagram video, all those kinds of things. So it's not like I don't get anything positive, but mixed in with all of that, it's just such a scroll. And for me, such a tendency to get sucked into the scroll for far longer than I ever wanted to. And this is why I do believe this topic is planning adjacent. Planning is all about how you are choosing to use your life, living with intention. And I am not, you know, advocating for necessarily planning every second of your day. But at the same time, if you're spending hours on something you don't truly value, that relates to planning and intention to me. So I think this topic is very relevant. Okay, so I enjoy some followers. I do use it to some extent to keep up to date with new planner releases, although I'm on the email list of a lot of them. So a lot of times I find out that way as well. I do use it to share my own content. I don't post very often on my personal account, just sort of like milestone birthdays and things like that. And I do post weekly on my planner account, sometimes a little bit extra beyond that. But you know, it's fun to share. It's fun to see likes sometimes. And of course, I tell myself the story that maybe it helps more people find the podcast or remember the podcast, etc. I don't know how true that is, though. I mean, I feel like I don't have a huge follower count. I think I have like 3,000 some on the planner one and 4,000 on the other one. And so I feel like the people who follow me are people who already listen to me. So I'm not actually sure how true that is. I also ask about my own behaviors. 
I don't think I've discovered many podcasts or blogs through Instagram. Instead, I've discovered podcasts mostly from hearing them as guests on other podcasts, and I've discovered blogs by clicking through links from comments and things. So I'm not even sure from a personal standpoint that's how I discover things. So I'm not sure why I would think that was true of others. And then finally, I feel like the algorithm is getting more and more into kind of controlling how I share. I know that stories get more views than a straight post, but I don't always feel like making a story. I know reels are going to get way more attention, but I have no desire to spend time making reels. And I'm not entirely sure that the perceived benefit of kind of Uh, growing the attention to what I'm creating. I don't know, growing my brand. I don't know if that's worthwhile, especially as content creator is not my primary job. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. I mean, when I'm doing my primary job, I fully know that. But then other times I'll find myself daydreaming about my blog or my podcast work. And I do find it really, really fun and gratifying. But the rest of my job is also really, really fun and gratifying and in many ways, even more so. So, I mean, yeah that plays into my decision process as well. So then there's the downside. That was kind of some of the benefits, although mixed in there were some negatives. But the downside, the first and foremost, is that it is such a huge time suck for me. This may not be true for everyone. I applaud you if you're able to check in for five minutes for the day and not click that button again. You are awesome, and this is probably not an issue for you. But for me, I just Like if I'm in a bad mood, I click Instagram. If I'm in a good mood, I click Instagram. If I'm bored, I click Instagram. Like it's just, it has a terrible draw to me. And I have so many other things I want to do with my time, like talking to actual people and reading books and writing and just, you know, you don't always have the energy to do something that's really like high level leisure. But at the same time, I don't feel like I'm getting the right kind of rest and rejuvenation when I'm just scrolling. And in fact, I'm often left with kind of a feeling of emptiness at the end of my scrolling time. I never finish a session and go, wow, I'm so glad I spent the last 80 minutes looking at that stuff. And speaking of the stuff itself, I feel like the content is getting more and more curated and not in the ways that I want. Like, I actually feel like I get a lot of content dished out to me that is either trying to make me buy something or that is really triggering. Like... I keep getting these fashion reels that pop up that show like people wearing two different sizes. And as I'm a female and I'm only human, I always look at them and think, hmm, do I look more like that size or that size? Or like, would that look good in me on me? Or she can pull that off, but maybe I can, or, you know, things like that. Like, these are not positive thoughts. I don't feel like, I don't know. I don't feel like it's fun necessarily. I just feel like it's more along the lines of a compulsion almost. And I feel that the fact that my feed, even if I curate it, I still get these like intrusive because Instagram will dish up content for you in addition to what you actually subscribe to. I hate that. It's like I've lost control out of what I want to look at. And they know exactly what's going to suck me in because they have a million people trying to do that. And every second my eyeballs spend on the app is more money for them. So I just, I'm kind of just over it. And then finally, some really concrete things. I really don't like typing into my phone. It's very inefficient. And I feel like I can be much more eloquent and thoughtful when I'm on email. So when I get things in my DMs, I love that somebody's contacting me. Like I am not complaining at all that people send me questions. I think it's wonderful, but I would so much rather it be on email so I could give them the response that they deserve. So kind of in conclusion, I feel like I know what I need to do 
If somebody talked about their alcohol use in the way that I just talked about Instagram, it would be obvious that they shouldn't drink. In fact, alcohol is a good metaphor here because I drink really pretty rarely these days. I do have like a glass of wine if I'm at a social event or out to dinner, but those things don't happen very often. So that means I probably drink like two drinks a month and I only have one. And since I drink in that very moderate manner, it doesn't really impact my life in a negative way. I can just like enjoy that very low level of alcohol use. So great. Alcohol is okay for me, but that's not how I use social media. So it's kind of interesting. This just, you know, speaks to the fact that everybody is different because I'm sure there are some people that are completely the opposite and really are better off not drinking alcohol at all, but are fine with Instagram. So there you go. So I have two options moving forward. I could decide to only use Instagram on my computer to just share scheduled posts for the podcast. There's an app called Later, and I could like create that ahead of time and just post it. But I mean, then I probably would not really be interacting. And I do think there's something a little disingenuous about people who post content, but then like not respond to people's comments. So I'm not feeling super excited about that. But if people really want to see reminders of the posts on Instagram, I guess that would be a way to go. The other option is the radical option, I guess, in this day of age, which would just be to like leave, like not use Insta just the way I haven't used Facebook for, you know, a good almost six years now. And I could leave my accounts up the way I guess I do on Facebook. Well, Facebook, my account's inactivated, but I could leave my accounts up because I don't want someone listening to prior episodes where I promised to post on Instagram and then not be able to find that stuff. So I would leave it up with my last post being a notification that I'm like taking the year off of Instagram and maybe I would be back later, but here's all the places you can find me. I do use Linktree. So that would allow people to easily find show notes, my email, et cetera. But I would make sure it was clear that I wasn't currently active. So people weren't trying to contact me that way. And you know, it might lead to fewer people interacting with the podcast or me, but I mean, maybe that's okay. Or maybe I can make an effort to reach out in other ways. Maybe I could try to be a guest on more of the podcasts that I love. I've been doing a little bit more of that recently. And that's actually really fun for me because I actually get to talk to people that I admire and feel like I know from the podcasting world. And I feel like I can use other alternative ways of staying up to date in the planner community. I am a patron of Planners and Wine at the highest level, and I greatly enjoy their content. I just became a patron of Amanda's Favorites as well, so I can just see more of what's coming from her. And I subscribe to both of those podcasts, as well as the Stationery Cafe podcast, which has got tons of information on um, especially different Asian stationery products, things coming out of Korea and Japan. And they do a lot of fountain pen work, which is really interesting. And I can subscribe to people's newsletters or blogs and things like that. And plus, there's you guys. You guys are amazing. When something cool comes out, I often get several emails. I have to admit, I've gotten like 10 different notifications via email, blog, comment, et cetera, about the Laurel Denise planner that shows monthly and weekly. And I know I haven't done a review on that, even though it was requested. Maybe someday I will. But you guys are amazing in that if there is something that I should know about, I feel like often you let me know. So please keep doing that via email or by leaving a comment on my blog in the future, even if I do step back entirely from Instagram, which is what I am leaning towards doing. All right, this has been a soul-bearing episode and definitely a planner-adjacent topic, 
but it might help some of you who have similar struggles think about what you want to do moving into the future. I think this is a great one for discussion. I am not going to encourage you to go to Insta for that discussion, but please go to the show notes. If it's easier to go to Instagram to find the show notes, be my guest. They're in, if you go to the link tree, there'll be a link in there that, that takes you to the show notes page. And it's actually a list of all the, the show notes. So then you just click on the episode, but please share. I want to hear your thoughts on social media these days. And if anybody's successfully made a break and how that felt, please share your thoughts. All right. Well, this has been a really fun and soul-bearing episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I will be back next Monday with a really short episode on gratitude because it's going to be post-Thanksgiving and my producers are, you know, trying to get everything done. So these are being recorded a little bit in advance, but I hope that will still be a fun listen and have a wonderful holiday week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.